Thank you for listening to the official podcast of Live Church Orlando, where we encourage you to live your life His way. For more information about Live Church and other resources, please visit livechurchorlando.com. Is He alive in anybody this morning? Hallelujah. So let me explain something. This is the season where we celebrate the God. Hey, what's up, y'all? This is the season where we celebrate the God of the unfair trade. I'm trying to. Y'all scare me. <laughs> Speak on it. Okay. <laughs> Thought I was. No, I love that. I love a talk back. <laughs> this is the day to everyone online. Welcome. Thank you for joining us here at Live. You are our family, and we're glad you joined us. This is the day we commemorate and celebrate the God of the unfair trade. Trade is not equal, yet he made it just or fair because he's the judge. <laughs> he's the balancer of the scales. He says what's enough. So we, the Bible says, all of us, the first scripture, like sheep have gone astray. We've turned each one to his own way. But the Lord has caused the wickedness of us all, our sin, our injustice, our wrongdoing. He caused all of that to fall on him. One person gets it. All of our mess fell on him instead of us. All of us have gone astray. You might not have committed adultery. You might not have murdered. You might not have lied. You might not be guilty of what you consider a sin. But all of us have gone our own way. That is essentially rebellion. So whether you say, I'm not as bad as them, oh, I will never do that. Can you believe little Nas? Oh, my God. I will never go that far. Y'all okay? Oh my God, he about to talk about Lord. I'm not. But we can easily say, I don't do that. I have done that. But we all have gone our own way. Well, what? I don't recognize when it's my way, though. How do you know when it's your way? When it's not his? Isn't that calculus type stuff, rocket science? If it's not him and what he said, you're doing things your own way. So all of us are guilty of that rebellion, but God put all of our sins on him instead of us. In the Old Testament, they would, they would have, uh, oh man, who can I get? Who can I get? Who can I get? BJ, I, I wanted you. I know you, you're, with, you're with child. You got your children. Stand here, son. Jason, since you're here, come here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I need a young lad. 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 Come here, hat. Yeah, you look like, boy, you look. Y'all, he ain't playing. See, he not playing. He said, I don't know where y'all going this morning, but I'm going to the house of the Lord. He woke up and said, I was glad when they sat under me. Get on up here. I ain't even going to touch you because I don't want to get in trouble just in case. Come on, come on up here. I want to I hug you, but just go up and stand over there. Socially distance yourself by them over there. <laughs> What's your name, my friend? Christian? He literally is Christian. <laughs> Stop playing, we in church. So listen, Leviticus tells it like this. All of our sins was put on him instead of us. Leviticus puts it like this. The law, Leviticus is the book of law. If anyone sins, you are to bring a sacrifice to the high priest yes, to have your sins remitted or removed. So the sinner or the offend offender will come. You're the sinner. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, you can stand here. Normally you'll be together, but because of socially distancing and you're so, I don't want to do anything crazy. Okay, cool. So you're bringing the lamb because the sinner is to bring a sin offering to the high priest to have his sins covered. 
okay? So the sinner messed up. I fell. I lied. I cheated. I, whatever it is we did, we now bring a sacrifice. Now, y'all walk to the high priest. Come on. Walk and sick. Come on. So y'all come to the high priest. You can stay right here. Okay. You present your sacrifice to the high priest because you're wrong. The Bible says the high priest then comes and inspects the lamb. Go ahead. The whole, you got to make sure it's without spot or blemish. Go ahead. Keep going. Uh-huh. Keep going. Keep, keep circling him. High priest, make sure, because this sacrifice is unto God, so make sure it's pure. He's checking out. The high priest is checking out the sacrifice. Notice, he is not inspecting the sinner. The sinner is no longer under investigation. He's already guilty. <laughs> when people try to bring your sins up to you, you can say, listen, I know I've sinned, but check out my lamb. Too many people are checking you out. They need to check out your lamb. Your lamb never stole. Your lamb never cheated. Your lamb never lied. He's perfect and spotless. Look at your neighbor and say, check out my lamb. I know I'm ratchet, but my lamb is righteous. I know I'm a mess, but my y'all ain't with me yet. Y'all ain't with me yet. Look at y'all looking at me too much. I know I'm a mess, but look at my Savior. Look at my Lord. Look at my Lamb. God, I mean the high priest. <laughs> inspects Jesus. I mean the Lamb. The sinner will then put his hands on the head of the lamb. You can do that. On the hat. Thank you, Lord Jesus. What's the symbolic of a transfer? The sins that was on the man is now transferred to the lamb. It's symbolic. The purity of the spotless lamb is now imputed and imparted onto the spotted man. So in essence, the lamb becomes impure while the man becomes pure. <laughs> then the man will leave while the high priest kills the lamb. Now we ain't gonna kill you because you got school tomorrow, I'm sure. <laughs> the lamb is now no longer pure the lamb is now no longer clean the lamb is now heavy laden with the sins of the man that brought him so there was an unfair trade the lamb who did nothing has to die the man who caused it gets to go free <laughs> go sit down Christian Thank y'all. Unfair trade. Oh, that's a good praise moment right there, y'all. In the good spot. It's a good one. Next scripture. Oh, yeah, we're still praising them right there. Only people. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Real praises in this moment are not religious. You know you got some stuff that he covered. You know you got some mess that you hope nobody finds out. You know you got some thoughts that if your neighbor knew it, they would change their seat. That's the praise that's rising up right now. Not that, eh, not the religious stuff, but the ones that know if it had not been for the blood of Jesus. He has made him to be sins for us who knew no sin. Jesus was human and he experienced everything but sin. He has no clue what sin feels like to perform it. He knows what it feels like to bear it. He made him sin that we might be made righteous 
in him. So Jesus was made sin for us that we may be made righteous. That's a trade right there. He became sin, we become righteous. So now you don't have to struggle and work hard to try to be right. You don't have to do your best to try to be righteous. Just receive the righteousness of Christ by faith. Everybody say, I am the righteousness of God because I'm in Christ. Not because I'm cute, not because I'm swag, not because I pray. I'm only his righteousness because I'm in Christ. I believe in Jesus Christ. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. One more time, say, thank you, Jesus. Here's another unfair trade. Let's go. I'm going to do this really quick. Jesus took our griefs. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. So he bore our griefs. He bore our sorrows. There's two ways to look at this, he told me. We can look at it as if he took our griefs, we don't have to. If he took our sorrows, we won't have to sorrow. Or we can look at it as he's human. He became human, so he felt and absorbed our griefs. And he felt and absorbed our sorrows so that when it hits us, uh, we can ask him to rescue us from grief and sorrows because he bore it. He knows what it's like to grieve and to be sorry, sorrowful. And he conquered it. I said he conquered it. <laughs> so, so, and, and he was bearing our griefs and our sorrows. And everybody esteemed him as stricken or punished by God. Like nobody go through something like You're going to be crucified like that? He must have. We, we, we deemed him stricken or smitten of God and afflicted. But we don't understand he was wounded for our transgressions. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Jesus was punished that we might be forgiven. Punished that we might be forgiven. And wounded that we might be healed. So spiritual and natural, he was punished so we can be forgiven spiritually and he was wounded naturally so we can be healed naturally and spiritually are y'all with me i love that wounds wounds represent outward sins wounds are usually open open wounds so he died to cover our outward sins that everybody can see and he also died to cover the bruises inward the things that nobody knows, the thoughts that we have, the intentions and the motives when we get a little. Okay, y'all pure. Never mind. All right, I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. So that's another unfair trade. He was punished. Everybody say, he was punished that I might be forgiven. And he was wounded that I might be healed. Here's another one. Christ, next one, has redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us. I need y'all to keep looking at these four us's. Because that's what this whole day is about. He became a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on the tree. Why? That the blessing might come upon us. Jesus became a curse so we could become blessed. That's another unfair. All these, like for, for, your, for, your, for, for your tears, you get joy. You're, you're, he's a God of an unfair trade. But it's in our favor. I said, but it's in our favor. It's unfair, but it's in your favor. That's a good thank you Jesus moment right there. He became a curse. Now, most curses are not individual. Most curses are for families or connected to larger communities. And generally in scripture, the assignment of a curse is both to, is go, to go from generation to generation unless something happens to interrupt it. The nature of curses and blessings are normally connected to communities or families, right? Bloodline, usually generational curses, generational blessings. The intention of these blessings and curses is to go from generation to generation to generation unless otherwise interrupted. You could have been under a family curse. Okay. But Jesus came and became that curse. 
He didn't experience the curse. He became it so he could kill it. When he died, he killed the curse over your life. Y'all didn't get it over here. Let me go over here. He, when he died, he absorbed the curse over your life. He killed the curse so that you might have a right to the blessings of God. Somebody say, I'm blessed. It says, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. ETH means continually. So if it's connected to family, it's like the family tree. If you're still connected to the family tree, you could be connected to a family curse. It's the way my aunt do it. It's the way my mom do it. It's the way my aunt do it. Okay. You're hangeth. You're hanging in it. <laughs> you, you are hanging in the minute on a tree. Under the, under the law of loyalty. That's not in the Bible, by the way. Loyalty is not in the Bible. But that's a big thing amongst culture. I don't know how that happened. Like you, you will do wrong things in the name of loyalty. You will be places you don't want to be in the name of loyalty. You will endure atmospheres you can't stand in the name of loyalty. And God never asks you to be loyal. He said to be faithful. Uh, okay. Never mind. Faithful. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. Be faithful to him and not your homies. Wondering why you're cursed. Cursed is not just a sickness or a disease. I can't sleep. I'm stressed. I'm depressed. Yes, it is sicknesses and headaches, chronic headaches. Some people can't have birth. Childbirth is connected to curses. Oh, it's so much, y'all. It's so much going on because we're hanging on trees. It's time to sever yourself from the curse so you can be embraced by the blessing. <laughs> I'm talking to y'all today. I'm glad y'all shouted and did all that earlier because I'm talking today. Took our curse, gave us his blessing. Took our sickness, gave us his health. Took our ratchetness, gave us his righteousness. <laughs> Took our sins, gave us his purity. Whoa, this is all by faith. Without works, none of us did anything. This is his overwhelming love for us that he made arrangements. <sighs> Never mind. He made arrangements outside of you. Today, today, we made arrangements for the service, the words on the screen, the lights, the seats. The music, the, the, we made arrangements to him. All you had to do was enter in. <laughs> you didn't have to set up the stage. You didn't have to help with the lights. You don't have to help make this arrangement suitable. All you have to do is receive it. There's nothing you could do to make yourself righteous. Just receive Jesus. All right, one more, one more unfair trade that I'm, I'm, I'm going to get. So here we go. They crucified him. So he, he, he gave us his sh shame, and we now have his glory. Right? He took our shame, gave us his glory. Check this out. They crucified him and parted his garments, casting lots that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. They parted my garments among them, and upon my vesture did they cast lots. Watch this. And sitting down, they watched him. So these are the soldiers here. They took his garments. He had four major pieces of garment. They took, it was four soldiers, four Roman soldiers. They each took a piece of garment and cast lots and watched them. He was buckhead naked. There's no greater shame than public nudity. He hung there while they watched him naked, completely, and bleeding as they mocked him, the king of the Jews. <laughs> Look at that naked, bare, bloody, embarrassing king. He took all of that shame, and I wish he was naked in a bed somewhere, but he was lifted up. Everybody saw the shame, so nobody has to see yours. Now I'm about to...
He looked hideous on screen so none of our sins will be up there. He was completely naked and exposed. The epitome of shame. He embodied and absorbed it. Understand he didn't just become these things. He died as these things. So that means these things died. Oh, I felt that in my left torso. I said he died as these things. So when he died, it died. What are you shamed for? It died already. What are you guilty for? It died already. What are you stressed for? It died already. What are you sick for? It died already. Somebody thank God for... I got to... so. Because y'all don't know, I got a lot of shameful things in my life that'll never be exposed because he was exposed for me. Never mind, y'all too good. I need a ratchet. I need somebody who's been through some stuff. I need somebody who got some sins in your life to be grateful for the fact that I never have to be exposed. Not only was he exposed, he was mocked. You got time to gamble and cast lots over my clothes as I'm hanging in there for my people. You got time to do that. Y'all mocking me. You don't even know who you crucify. You got time to talk about me as I'm being exposed. And we live in an era of exposure. We live in an era where the gossip columnists, we live in a, where the bloggers cannot wait to break a story on how somebody messed up or how stupid somebody looks. We cannot wait to, for it to go viral in someone's shame. What happened to people that covered people? When Noah was naked, when Noah was naked and drunk, y'all don't know that story. I ain't got time to go into that. When Noah was naked and drunk, his sons came in and said, oh, look at daddy in there drunk and naked. Got the older brothers. The brothers, I'm about to cry. I'm about to cry. Oh, God, help me. The brothers walked in with a garment, and they walked in their father's presence backwards because I refused to see my father. Looking any other way but honorable. I refuse to see my father looking any other way but the man. I refuse to see him as anything else but righteous. And they walked in backwards and they covered him. Where are the friends that are walking your life backwards? Where are the homies and the family members that are walking to your trouble backwards? Walking to when you made a mistake backwards. just saved all of y'all on this boat and you want to expose me y'all I got somewhere else to go I wish I could stay on that so he went through shame so we can experience his glory look how good y'all look today y'all about to post Easter y'all about to look good in public Everybody about to look so good in public as if we earned the right to do that. We didn't earn the right to look this good. Look at your neighbor and say, you look so good, but not because of you. Oh, but because he looks so bad. 2,000 years ago, he looked so bad. So you can look this good. That should eliminate some swag. I know I look good, but it ain't because of me. It's because Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin has left the crimson stain. Sin has left the dirty stain. Sin attempted to leave a permanent stain. Sin stain was almost permanent until he washed. Washed them white as snow. So what can wash? Oh. 
weigh my sins. Uh, nothing but the blood of Jesus. What else can make me whole again? If you know what, sing it. Nothing. Oh, oh, see, oh, we're about to take communion. We're about to observe communion. Yeah. Everybody's standing. We're going to observe communion. He took our shame so we can look this good. He bore our grease so we don't have to stress out. That's why the crown of thorns was on his head to redeem us from stress. That's the first blood that was shed. Crown of thorns. so that our thoughts and our minds won't be stressed and overwhelmed. He redeemed you from being overwhelmed by taking the crown of thorns. You don't have to receive stress. You don't have to receive being overwhelmed. You can receive the peace that passes all understanding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One more thing he redeemed us from. One more thing that's an unfair trade. He took our rejection so that we may have acceptance. Ain't that good? <laughs> Last scripture, the next one up there really quick. About the ninth hour, he cried with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of them stood there when they heard him. They said, he's calling for Elijah. And one of them said, let's get a sponge and put it with vinegar and put it on a reed and give him to drink. The rest said, just let it be. Let's see whether Elijah comes to save him or not. Jesus cried again with a loud voice, and then he lifted up the ghost. He died. And then the veil of the temple was rent in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook, and the rocks ripped. Jesus says, Lord, why have you forsaken me, God? For the first time in the history of existence, Jesus calls and cries out to the Father with no response. For the first time in all of existence, God turns his back on the Son. Because, God, because at this point, Jesus became sin. And God cannot accept sin. can't look upon sin with favor. It's impossible. My very nature is set against sin. So I can't love sin even though I love my son. It's impossible for me to love sin. Our natures are set against each other. Are y'all understanding that? So what God is saying is since I am love, God is love. So any place he is is loved so if I stay here when my son is in sin it's me accepting it and loving it he turns his back and life without God is not life at all life without God is death which is why once he realized he was gone he gave up the ghost some say Jesus died from heartbreak because the greatest the greatest uh, torture of the heart is rejection studies, studies say that 
the, 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 the worst thing that can wear on your heart is being rejected, which is why we go through all these loops to be accepted by people. Because our very nature wants to be embraced and accepted. That's why people who are born who don't know who their father is, they say, why did you give me up for adoption? How did I get rejected before I had a chance to show you who I am? And the child grows up with this feeling of reject and negligence. It is the worst cavity in the human soul. But even if you were adopted, whoa! Even if you don't know your father to this day, Jesus took your rejection. Oh God, I hope y'all feeling me right now. So that you can be accepted. Jesus died after God turned his back on him. And at the same time, the veil in the temple ripped. In the temple, there was a big curtain separating humanity from the presence of God. When you go beyond the curtain, it was this huge smoke cloud of glory. It was the presence of God, but everybody didn't have access. Only the high priests and the ones who... But when Jesus died, the curtain was ripped. After he, was, after he was rejected, there was a grand opening. <laughs> and it says, you got to understand, the curtains was like this. So see how high that is? Well, y'all probably can't see. But there are curtains up here that's very, very high. Very high. The Bible says the curtain was ripped from top to bottom. No man could do that. Essentially, that's saying God is giving you access to him. Not live church, not Pastor Ty, not this preacher. God is giving you access. No man can rip the veil. No man can give you access. God himself says, you are now welcome as my beloved child. You are my child. But I don't know my father. Yes, you do. I am your father. So to everyone who has felt rejected, abandonment, God comes to set you free. Believe it and receive it. And on that night, he took the bread. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Oh, just take the little wafer off the top. This symbolizes the bread that they ate. And the bread symbolizes his body. He said, this is my body. That was broken for you. He said, take it and eat it. Now watch. I want y'all to make sure you break it before you eat it. Some people say break it because he was broken. Some people say he's whole now, so eat it whole. I like the broken part. I like to remember that he was crushed like this. Not because of nothing he did, but because of everything I did. He was crushed. Yeah, I like all that. He's crushed. I like all that. He was crushed, so make sure you crush that thing because that represents what our sins did to him. If your sins ain't that bad, just fold it nice and neat. But if you know it's a nasty, disgusting, demonic entity that you allow to perform through you for an amount of time that you are now done with, crush that thing. And when you take this, you're receiving Christ himself. Eat, receive ye the Lord. And give him thanks. And, and give him thanks and give him thanks and give him thanks he said I am the bread of life and in the same manner he took the wine he said this is my blood that was shot <laughs> this is my blood that was shared for you there's nothing more precious to give somebody than blood he spilled his holy blood so we could live a holy life. He was bruised and wounded for our healing. This represents healing. This represents new life. And wine represents joy. <laughs> so when you receive this, you're receiving new life. <laughs> you can say amen to that. You're receiving healing. Let me say it this way. You're receiving health. And you're receiving joy. Receive it and give him thanks right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your blood. Oh, God. What manner of love is this? That a man will lay down his life for a friend. Be seated, everybody. Thank you for your blood, Jesus. Were you going to sing something, Tim? Are you good? Are you good? You sing, sing in a minute. <laughs> All right, let me get y'all out of here. Oh, one last thing. I want us to prepare to give today. He also did another unfair trade. Check this out. Oh, y'all still getting your... Yeah, let's give him thanks. Let's give him thanks. For the Lord is good. And he's always been good. Give thanks. Give thanks. For the Lord is good. And he's always been good. So we'll forever praise the name of Jesus. Oh, I feel his presence. Oh, Jesus. Forever we'll praise Right, let me do this so we can get out of here. I'm not trying to rush. I wish we could sit in every moment, but I want to give you all a lot in a little bit of time. Another thing that he traded. Look at this. The next one, really quickly, really quickly, as we prepare to give. Look. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is, he's gracious and kind to do this. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes, he became poor. So that we might become rich. Look at that. He was already rich. But like coming to America, <laughs> he became poor. So that we might become rich. They said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Nazareth was like a hood. <laughs> Jesus grew up in a hood. He know what it's like to grow up in Pine Hills. <laughs> He became poor that we might become rich. Next one really quickly. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound. Look at all this. That covers every area of your life. You may abound. Look to every good work. Next scripture and I'm done. For God is the one who provides seed to the sower and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. I know we said men be poor so that everybody might become rich, but everybody ain't going to have a Rolls Royce. Everybody ain't going to live in a castle. But I believe God's plan is to make us, uh, to supply all of our needs and so that all of us will have enough to give to somebody else. I'm going to be so good to you. I'm going to increase your resources so much that it produces a harvest, not of money, but of generosity. Oh, God has been so good to me. It's only right that I give. And if he hasn't been that good to you, then that's, that's, that's what you believe. But how many of you can say in here that God has been good to me? I may not have everything I want, but trust me, I got, oh man, everything I need. Thank God for his sacrifice. He died on the cross, not just for our sins, but as our sins. He didn't just die for us, he died as us. Suffered and absorbed the total penalty, penalty for sin, giving us eternal life, making us born again, right? So we're born again if we believe on him. Anybody believe in Jesus today? Put the first scripture up if you believe it on him. Scripture up if you believe it on him. If you believe it on him. After that, the son of God, you have the witness of yourself. He that believeth the son of God. If you don't believe, you made him a liar because you don't believe that he gave his son. So he that hath the son of God have life. And he that does not have the son don't have life. So this is a clear case of the haves and the have-nots. If you have the son, you have the life. If
If you don't have the son, you don't have a life. When you receive Jesus, when you understand he died, when you say, you know what, I receive, I accept that I'm a sinner. I accept that I can't save myself or make myself right, no matter how nice I am or kind I am. I need Jesus. Once you say that, you accept Jesus, not in the physical person because he's not here, but you receive the spirit of the anointed one. Are y'all with me? So you receive his spirit, and the spirit is the movement of God. Go to the next scripture. Look at this. Look at this, y'all. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the earth. Here it is, the spirit. This is the first chapter, the first verse of the first book of the Bible. Second verse tells you what the spirit was doing. And the spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. The spirit is the movement of God. The spirit always moves. If you want to know your next move, tap into the spirit. The spirit always knows how you should move. You trying to make a decision, how should I move with my finances? The spirit. Somebody offends you, how should I move with the spirit? The spirit is the movement of God. Jesus is the word of God. God is the creator and the father and initiator of everything. So you have the purpose giver, the father. You have the way, which is Jesus. And you got the movement, which is the spirit. Thank you. I'm glad you're here. Please come next week. Somebody say, I need the spirit. Because I need to know how to move. I need God's rhythm. I need the timing. You might, not, you might know what to do, but not know when. And you might know what to do and when to do it, but not how. The spirit is the rhythm of God. It's nothing better than doing the right thing at the right time. Being in the rhythm of God, everything you do is right. When you're in, you in that zone, I'm telling y'all, ain't nothing like being in the rhythm of God. And when you're out of rhythm, you're depressed, you're confused, you wonder what's going on, you wonder why everything, you need the spirit of God. Somebody say, fill me up. Say, fill me up. You need the spirit of God, not just the word of God. You need the spirit of God. A lot of people know the word. Weeping may endure for a night. Okay, we know that. You know it. But when you're weeping, <laughs> you need the spirit to comfort you. I know the scripture, but I need an experience. The spirit gives me the experience of what I know. Oh, God. Okay. The spirit is the movement of God. You understand what I'm saying? So the father is the initiator. So now we have the children of Israel. Jesus is now the way. I'm bringing you out of Egypt into the promised land. I received that. Thank you, Jesus. How do I do that? The Spirit leads you by pillar of cloud by day. Pillar of fire by night. We don't want to be led. We just want to know where to go. You wanna, we want to know. We just want to know where how to. We just want to know what we need to do and we'll make our own way. <laughs> Not, let me let y'all go. God is not interested in you getting to his destination your way. Because the reason why that is the destination is because there is something in process that's going to develop you. So it's not just the place, it's the way. Are y'all with me? Right, let me move quickly. So watch this. The Bible says it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh conveys no benefit. It is of no account. The words I speak are spirit and life, providing eternal life. Jesus said, what I'm saying to you is spirit. My word is spirit, and it's the spirit that gives life. The flesh has no benefit. Your flesh don't want to be here today. You're probably getting hungrier and hungrier every other scripture I put up. You can sleep here and sleep. You get more tired every time I say another. You're like, oh, my, your flesh don't want to be here. Nothing in your flesh likes what's going on right now. But the reason why you're in here, because the flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. You got to, uh, I'm getting too excited. Let me calm down and get on y'all level. You're here for a reason. And you, you confuse yourself. Why is my, it's like your spirit drags you here today. Your flesh never wants to pray. Your flesh never wants to praise God. Your flesh never.
wants to worship. Your flesh never wants to give. But there's something deeper in you. There's something greater on the inside of you. Why am I? You, you understand what I'm saying? That's the spirit of God. So those of you who think you don't have the spirit, you do. Because you're here right now. Unless your mom and your parents brought you here and you have to be here. <laughs> There's something in you that knows you are one with what's being said. The spirit gives life. Watch this, y'all. Words are spirit. It's almost like God, he told me this. Almost like God saying, man, looking at his children like, I know what you need. I know what you, I know what you need to do. I wish I could just... Jump in your body and live your life for you. Have you ever thought that way about somebody? Why do you keep letting people push you around? Oh, girl, I wish I could just live your, ooh. I will tell, oof. Give me your body for a week. I will. Nobody going to mess with you. You look at your kids and you wish you could just live their life for them for a day. They come home complaining about school or something. I wish I could just be you for a day. <laughs> God is looking at his children like, I know exactly what you need, and you just keep making a dumb decision. You keep doing the same thing. You keep doing the, oh, just, oh, oh, and I'm telling you, obey my word. Read the word, read the word. Oh, my God, I wish, oh, I wish I could just have your body for a minute. The spirit is God living through you, for you. We can't jump in our kid's body and live for them, but God can. When you receive the Holy Spirit, essentially God is jumping into your body. <laughs> it ain't possession. It's choice. <laughs> it's choice. He's jumping in your body, living through you. When I choose to obey his word, essentially I am receiving his spirit. When I choose to obey his word, because his word is spirit. The word I speak is spirit. Whoa. So when I obey the word, I'm walking in the spirit. Are y'all with that? Okay, because I was taught in Pentecostal church that when you get the Holy Ghost, you have come about whole sheet. You ain't got the Holy Spirit unless you're doing all that. You don't have the Holy Spirit unless you got to be, be, be mean just a little bit because you deep. Praise him. Praise him. You good? No, I'm not good. I'm blessed and highly. Get that good out my face. I'm highly. That's how you know you got the Holy Spirit. That's a lie. The fruit of the Spirit is love. How you speak in tongues and don't love? That ain't the spirit. Save them tongues. <laughs> joy. I ain't seen a joyful usher all my days of being in a Pentecostal church. Every usher, man, give me that gum. Give me that gum. Where your joy? I thought you had the Holy Spirit. I thought you had the Holy Spirit. Two. I got two up here. Two. Two. That ain't joy. But that usher speaks in tongues. So you got to respect her anointing because she spoke in tongues. Miss me with that. Demons speak in tongues. I said demons do it. Demons do it. God will never mark you as his child by something a demon can do. I got to get out of here now. But you know what a demon can't do? Love. Y'all out with me today. I need y'all to do something demons can't do. Demons can praise. Demons can worship. Demons know God. Oh, but they can't love. They ain't got no joy. They ain't got no peace. They can't suffer long. Gentleness, goodness, meekness, patience. Do that. Miss me on the tongues. Do that.
A controlling parent forces you to obey. A loving God gives you a choice to obey. And our, be our obedience in my second closing. Thank y'all. I love y'all so much. We leaving. Our obedience should come from a place of gratitude and love. When we love him, we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not grievous to us. It's not a burden to us to do what he says. Because we know we're so loved by him. He gave me an illustration. It's almost like my dad was like a car. I don't even know what to say. He, a car kind of, he was into cars, an enthusiast. We were outside in the winter washing his no! Pontiac Bonneville with white walls. We had Brillo pads scrubbing the white walls of my dad's tires in the snow. I'm like, Dad. He said, if you eat in this car, you might as well get dressed for hell. I don't even know what that means. If y'all ate in my dad's car, I'm telling you, hell is your portion. I mess around and snuck. I mean, the barbecue uh, or, or the buffalo wing. I thought. Look at y'all. Ooh. <laughs> I snuck that buffalo wing in that back seat. He messed around. Boop, 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 boop. It hit boop, 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 boop. It was four or five buffalo winged spots. And the seats weren't leather. It was like these. Judge, judge yourself. And the car was bumping, whatever. And I, it kind of landed under me. So I'm smearing it. And as I'm trying to catch it, I'm smearing it in. I was six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 14. I don't know how old I was. I was, I was 17. Come on. I immediately, oh my God. <laughs> All the kids in the back, my dad, what? Nothing. I'm praying to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel too, I needed all of them. <laughs> My dad found out what I did in his precious vehicle. He found out what I did in his body, I mean, car. I stained the inside of the vehicle with the stain that I couldn't get out. He stops the car, takes his jacket off, takes off his suit jacket, tells me to get out. I just immediately got out and turned around. I knew I was getting a beating. I was like, just go ahead. Just go ahead. I ain't fighting you. Go ahead. Just have at it. Because I know you're going to get me because I disobeyed you and I deserve it. I disobeyed you and I deserve it. I disobeyed you and I deserve it. So I'm preparing for punishment. Not unbeknownst to me. He took his jacket off not to punish me, but to take my place and clean it for me. He had the correct cleaning materials. He knew what it took to clean that stain. I was using something I thought I could clean. I had fig leaves to cover myself. He said, no, it ain't the blood of bullocks. It ain't the blood of goats that's going to do it this time, Ty. You need the blood of... Jesus. 
So as he walked by me, almost ignoring me, I'm free as he handles the issue. We all stand by now as God handles the issue on the cross. And if he's cleaning, he said, Todd, I got it. I got it. Go stand over there, Todd. Stand over there. Wow, wow, wow. What you think Todd going to do? Obey. Obey. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Because of what he has done for me. He removed the punishment I know I deserve and cleaned my mess so I can sit back in that seat. Anything you ask me to do, I'll do it. You are worth this obedience. You have earned my allegiance because of your love. So when we obey God, it should come from that place of gratitude and love. I'm done. When you, you can pray, yep. Last verse. We need your spirit. But the helper, Jesus said, if I don't leave, my successor can't come. Well, who's greater than Jesus? <laughs> this is the extension of God himself. But the helper, the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, the one that stands by you, the Holy Spirit. It's not just the Holy Ghost. He's the helper. Do you need help? He is the comforter. As crazy as this world is, we need a comforter. He's an intercessor. He prays on our behalf. He counsels us. That's the biggest one. We go to all types of people and YouTube and Google for counsel and advice. We swipe for quotes that'll help us and not leaning on the counselor on the inside of us. You have a wonderful counselor on the inside. He is the Holy Spirit and he is your strength. He'll send them in my name and in my place to represent me and act on my behalf. He will teach you all things. I don't even need to be up here. I'm just a resource to the source. You don't need to come to church another day in your life. You ain't got to be in this building. This is a resource to the source. Because he will teach you all things. Somebody say, I need the spirit. And he will help you to remember everything. I told you. When you obey God, you walk in his spirit. You ever see somebody who looks just like their dad? You're doing things just like your dad. When my dad told me that, when my mom told me, when you do what somebody says, you take on their spirit. Jesus said, my words are spirit. All words are spirit. All words. All words. I remember we was in high school one time, and somebody was getting jumped. Like, they was, you know, after school, 4 o'clock, we're going to jump, you know, Robert. I'm like, man, I ain't jumping Robert. I got, I got a revival tonight at my church. I ain't got time to jump, Robert. I got to be at revival rehearsal by three. So I'm going to miss this jump because, you know what I mean? I'm going to miss the jump. You feel me? <laughs> Biggest church boy in there. I ain't going to make the jump. You know, I gotta, you know what I'm saying? With my suit on, I got revival tonight. I can't jump today. Walking home, I saw them jumping them. Come on, Trey, come on, man. You said you, you said you went out. I was like, no, man. Come on, you said you. I thought you was, I thought, I was like, all right. And I went and I, bah! I got one little kick in. And I hit him right in the temple. And I was so scared because he started shaking. And Robert was my friend. I mean, not my friend, but I knew him. I didn't have no problem with him. But since everybody was jumping him, I took on their spirit. When you follow somebody's words, you take on their spirit. So the way you grow in the spirit of God is by obeying the word of God. Oh my gosh. Whoa. Not just praying more, but praying more. Not just reading more, but your obedience strengthens his spirit in you. Are y'all hearing me? 
I don't hear God. I don't. I want to walk in the Spirit. I want to. I want to see this prophecy. I don't know nothing about that. Start by obeying one scripture. Then you gonna mess around and obey two, and three, and four, and forty-four, and then you know what he sounds like. And you might not read, and you'll still hear him. And then you ain't gonna read, and you still follow him. And you ain't gonna read, and you gonna hear him. And you gonna sense him. You gotta start by your obedience. And as you go, you'll be filled with the Spirit of God. Everybody's standing. Thank y'all for coming today. Jesus died to give you Him. You don't have to leave today without the Spirit of God. You can receive Him by faith right now. Anybody need the Holy Spirit today? Man, look at you all. It's too many people in here to choose to live by your own intuitions. It is foolish to think you are wise enough to handle your life. Because you know what you think? Hold on, Joe, two seconds. You think, you could think you're wise enough to handle your life, but it's really probably one area in your life. Or you probably think you can handle like five areas of your life, not understanding there are five million. So you need the Spirit just to give you a panoramic wisdom on your entire life. Because I guarantee if you think you got your life under control, you missed the spot. I guarantee it. If you think you got it all together, one spot you miss is humility. Okay. God wants you to be, thank you, Joe, perfect and entire, lacking nothing. Babe, join me, please, as I just pray and let the people go home. This year, we didn't have the typical Easter service with all the eggs out there. I'm sorry all the kids didn't have the bunny marshmallows. They got me. She said, I look like a nice what? I look like an Easter egg? Okay, thank you. And you dip it in a dye. A cute egg, right? <laughs> we didn't have a typical one this year. The pandemic and everything. And we wanted it. American culture has sensationalized everything and turned every celebration to ourselves. Resurrection Sunday ain't got nothing to do with us, our kids having fun and the this and the that. Nothing to do with that! And it's the only Sunday some of us come to church as if, never mind, because I don't really care about buildings and stuff like that. But it's like, yo. We make every festival, it's supposed to be like a celebration unto God. And there's nothing wrong with the churches that do that. I love the helicopters that drop the eggs and the jelly beans. I love, I love, we're going to have a helicopter one day. We'll have a helicopter. But yo, we made Christmas about us. Everything we turn to, even balance, never mind, anything. You going to somebody else's birthday party, making sure you look good, and you, and you, and you. <laughs> Christina's birthday party. Christina's at, and Christina ain't in none of your pictures. It's just, everything is about. That's the culture, y'all. So I stripped live of all sensationalism for a season. We ain't got no signs outside. Welcome to church. Nothing wrong with that. And I love every church that do it, and we might go back to doing it. It's about Jesus and what this man chose to do for us. He didn't die so we could have jelly beans, and I love jelly beans. And Skittles too, and Swedish fish, and Boston baked beans. <laughs> but it's about Jesus. So we were stripped this year so we can focus on the essential one was Jesus the Christ, Son of the living God. Lord Jesus, look at your children today. We're all here covered under your blood, and we choose you to be our Lord and our Savior today. If you have not received Jesus Christ, man, this whole moment is for you. This whole moment is for you to come out of darkness into the marvelous light. If that's you and you want to make a change today, Jesus didn't rise out of the grave. <laughs> he 
walked out. He rose inside. So you talk about resurrection life, you're talking about him rising on the inside. And if you read it, he cleaned up the place. <laughs> he folded the clothes. Y'all, he rose inside the dark place, cleaned it up, and walked out. So when you receive Christ, he rises in you, in the darkness of your heart, cleans it up, so you can walk in the newness of life. So if you want to allow him to clean you up today, if that's you and you want to be saved, just raise your hand. We're going to pray with you right where you are. I want to be saved. I, want to, I see you. I see you. I, want to, I see you. I don't see everybody, but I see you. 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 I love this. I see you. I see you. I want to make a change today. I want to give Jesus my life. He gave his life for me. I see you. I see you. I see you. Everybody whose hands is up, I see you. And if your hand ain't up but your heart is, God sees you. I just want to pray with you today and understand you're choosing a journey, not a moment. You're choosing a journey, not a moment. You're choosing a journey, not a moment. You're saved in this moment, but you're being sanctified as you go. So, Father, I thank you for every hand that, please, no walking. I, we're about to all leave. Thank you all so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Father, I thank you for every hand that was raised. And if they didn't raise their hands, they rose their hearts, saying, this is the day I declare no longer I that lives, but Christ that lives in me. If your hand was raised, repeat after me, Lord Jesus, I make you Lord of my life. I believe you died and rose with all power in your hand. I love it. Say, right now, right now. I, surrender, I surrender and I believe, I believe. I'm changed, I'm, changed. I'm, healed, I'm healed, I'm delivered, I'm delivered. and I am saved. Say it again, I am saved. Say, Jesus, I make you Lord of my life. In Jesus' name. Everybody clap your hands. It's a good day. It's the beginning. It's not the end. It's the beginning. Your journey starts now. Your new life starts now. <laughs> your joy starts now. Your peace starts now. Your provision starts now. In Jesus' name. Liv, we love you so much. Thank you for joining us today for our resurrection service. I pray that it was a blessing to you. Anybody receive something today you was blessed? Okay. Thanks for listening to today's message. We pray you were blessed by God's word. If you would like to partner with us so that we can continue sharing the gospel around the world, please visit livechurchorlando.com.